Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You could say that 10,000 times and it still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love it. Say it one more time. Mackey and Judd. <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah. They're both verbs. Awesome. On 1500 ESPN. Yes, he's got a solution for everything. Even the problems that aren't really problems at all. He's our very own Mr. Fix-It. He is Judd Zogan. Thanks, an Olympic version of Mr. Fix-It here. Yeah. U.S. men's Olympic ice hockey. All right. I think you and Longer talked about this last Friday, if I'm not mistaken, when I was gone. But I have not weighed in on this too much yet. I've got a couple things. One is actually a fix-it for for this problem. Another is a, a Olympic question as a whole and a why not. So it's sort of a fix-it. Mm-hmm. Let's start with this one, though. Would you rather see, if the National Hockey League is not going to send its players or allow its players to go to the Olympic Games, would you rather see these, uh, especially in the case of the U.S. team, a team of minor leaguers and veteran players and a couple college kids, four in this case, slapped together for a roster that I think met up the week that the Olympic Games, or right before they started, they might have practiced twice. They practiced twice or three times, and then they immediately played. Or would you rather see an entire roster of the top college players from the country who were put together in, let's say, they started to assemble the team, let's say, in October, left that team together, had that team play exhibition games and practice consistently. Now, it's all college kids now, okay? So it's not like American Hockey League players. Mm-hmm. All college kids. And had that team practice consistently and do what they did in 80, which was which was have a team, not, not some ragtag collection of guys who were picked and put together. Because I don't understand why if you're gonna go if you're gonna go back to a system that doesn't allow for the the top professional athletes to compete on Team USA and hockey, why you don't go back to the model of having the top college players all together for what amounts to basically the entire season through the games, and therefore you have a real team, and I think you have a collection then of of players who the general public would be far more interested in and curious about as opposed to this, well, we just assembled a team and mm. some, are from, some are from colleges. There's four from colleges. There's a bunch from minor league hockey. There's some guys who thought they were going to retire from the National Hockey League and they're done playing in that league, but they're going to try and play in this. I don't get why we don't go back to the old system of top college players. Um, I, so for me, you're probably asking the wrong guy here uh, a little bit in that if it's not NHL players, I don't care. 
and I haven't watched. I, now, I watched a couple of the women's games because those are the oh, best are women's players in the country. The U.S. and Canada game is, is going to be fantastic tonight. I want to watch the best players in the country. When I watch the luge or alpine skiing, I'm watching the best alpine skiers in the country and in the world. When I'm watching the bobsled, I'm not getting like a knockoff version of the, well, sorry, the pro bobsled league is in full effect right now, so we got to send these these minor league hacks to, to go down the uh, the tube, right? Hockey and basketball for a long time until they put NBA players in in 1992. It's like, oh, sorry, yeah, we're in season. We just don't. So I would, and you and I disagree on this, I would pause my sport for three weeks because I don't think you lose anything. I mean, I think you gain, you probably gain more interest. Now, Lou Nanny argues that. and You don't really. That's the thing. It's like the ratings don't, don't go up. They don't. It, but I, it doesn't help them. But, I, but personally, like I am a fringe hockey fan. I, I get your interest. There's very few things the NHL offers that would get me to watch more than the best players in the world for their countries playing in a gold medal game. So that really interests me. I just pulled up the U.S. men's roster, though. It is kind of funny that you've got this middle ground where you could go the college stud route where these guys are this bunch of guys who might be in the NHL here pretty soon. Um, you could go the NHL route where it's just the Sidney Crosbys and it's the Alex Ovechkins of the world. Instead... They've got a bunch of guys. Uh, this Brian Gianta, he's a forward. He's a who former was born New Jersey 19- Devil. That dude's forty years old. He played in he played in in the National Hockey League for a long time. Uh, no, and he's just he's just I think retired in the last couple of years. So there's a few guys who I, I recognize some of these names, but like David Leggio and Matt Gilroy and Jim Slater. These guys are all like thirty seven. Jim who? Jim Slater. Jim Slater. Never heard of Jim Slater in my life. Uh, James Wisniewski, Noah Welch. These but are my, all. But my point is, if you if you don't get what you want, which is the best pro players, why not actually assemble a team? Like I don't understand. These aren't all stars. When, when when the National Hockey League shuts down its season and goes to the games, I completely get that. It's the best players, and and they're thrown together as all star teams, and it's fun to watch. If you're not going to get that, though, I would argue for actually assembling a team. This is not a team. This is guys who were picked to play on this team and then started practicing right before the games began. That makes no sense to me. Yeah, I, and I just think it doesn't make sense to not send NHL players over. So um, I guess I would ask, I'd throw it around uh, from from this side, what is it hurting? If you were to pause the sport for three weeks again, which is what they've done in years past, mm-hmm. if you were to pause the sport for three weeks or even just like reduce your schedule or w- whatever you have to do mm-hmm. to make it work so you're not cramming games in in a in a sprint and out of the finish line, you can't tell me that it's going to hurt interest because I don't think you're going to see that it, the ratings go down. But it There's doesn't not- help. They, they don't get a thing from it. Like they, they don't get payments from it. They don't get they get the brief spurt of people talking about the Olympic hockey games, but then when they return to play in their pro games, it doesn't help them. If the ratings spiked up, guess what? They would do it, but it doesn't. And in the last games in Sochi, which I think they came close to not going to, and then went, you had a handful of more of star players hurt and who missed time. But those guys could get hurt playing in NHL. I understand. I understand that. But if I own a team. Do I want to send a guy to a tournament that do, that doesn't benefit me one bit and take the risk? I don't. Yeah, and I guess I mean I, from a business perspective, if there is no upside, then I I do understand it. But I just feel like there has to be some way to capitalize ah. on the best players in the world playing in this huge tournament. And that there get, has to be a way to capitalize. And on. that gets me to my next question and potential solution. The IOC has to realize that as well. Because they suffer. I mean, people, as far as I could tell, the stands the stands in these games 
were not full or even close to being full. The hockey itself was okay at best, bad at times. So it's 2018. Why aren't we getting, are we getting to a point where the Olympics, certain events at least, don't all need to be held in the same country, in the same site? If you were to tell the National Hockey League, okay, here's the deal, we'll play along. Because if the, the NHL will be very tempted to go back, at least, when the games are played in time zones friendly to the U.S. and Canada. So my point being is, why can't the IOC and the National Hockey League pick Olympic venues? And, and they can pick them. And it doesn't always have to be in the States. It can be in the States at times. It can be in Canada. You could pick uh, friendly time zones in Europe to a certain degree that, that aren't as much as this one. Because I, uh, I think the current games are being played 15 hours ahead. My point being, if you came to this solution and said, we will have the Olympic hockey games held on Olympic-style ice, not the small size, the, the Olympic-style ice, and those games will be played in an agreed-to place between the National Hockey League and, and the Olympic people. Why couldn't we start there? Well, I don't think location is, is I think, what you're, so time slot is what you're time talking slot about. Slot so if you could have games in important. prime time. Well, you know, you could, I mean, in theory, if you could convince the, the IOC, hey, we'll send NHL players over if on NBC Sports Network, which is the partner of the NHL, or on NBC, if you're showing a live game at 7 o'clock Central Time or like 8 o'clock Eastern Time, mm-hmm. well, let me check my math here, but that game would have to start, obviously, late morning in South Korea. So you could you could pull that move, and the games could still be held in South Korea if everyone involved agreed that like a gold medal game would start at 11 a.m. South Korea time. That'd be difficult for the players. So you got to wake up and get ready for a gold medal game and it's not being played at night. Um, So to your other question, which is why do the games have to all, like why does everything have to take place in one area? So uh, this city or this area of South Korea. That used to be the case. I get that. Um, Yeah, I think, um, I think because when you're, they want a city to bid on the games, obviously. Correct. So there's a lot of money involved. If you're if if you're saying that like the skiing events and all of the all of the other events are being held in South Korea, but we're going to hold like, the hockey, hockey in New York, uh huh, then or like Vancouver, go back to Vancouver or Salt Lake, um, then I think the IOC would tell you, all right, hockey is not that important to okay, the cause. Okay, but at we'll least still, I would like, press get that. some ratings off of the games that are being played. And, and keep in mind too, the Olympics are primarily a made-for-TV event, and and the network carriers in this country pay a ton to get them. They pay a ton, and so th- this is no longer necessarily about adhering to the sites. This is your most important thing is TV. And I think if you went to a format and said, okay, if you want if you want the National Hockey League to shut down in season for three weeks, here's the parameters. It sounds like. The last time that the that the uh, NHL went to the Olympic people and even broached subjects about how can you compensate us or help us, they basically said we won't and we can't. Well, then if I'm if I'm Bettman, as much as I can't stand it most of the time, I do say to myself, this makes no sense for me. You're not helping me one bit, and my research can prove to you that when these guys get back playing and after my three week break there's no bump in ratings there's no there's no general bump in anything to show me that I'm benefiting from this and you are completely but don't you, the IOC. but don't you think that's more a Gary Bettman NHL problem than like a flaw in the excitement of the Olympics so 
Like, I'm starting from the general premise that the most watched hockey outside of maybe a Stanley Cup final series and and like a game seven. And I haven't looked at the ratings, but I'm I'm guessing that NHL players playing in a gold medal hockey game in an advantageous time slot for United States viewers, which obviously isn't the case this year, that that's probably the most eyeballs, unquestionably the most eyeballs that's on professional hockey, right? I mean, I, oh, I'm sure, if someone yeah, can I'm look sure up like fantastic. TV ratings for gold medal but, games, that my, and my contention is, yeah. shouldn't you be able to capitalize on that and make it work to your advantage as a league? It's almost like they re, they reject the idea. Now, USA basketball gets to go out every four years, except for that one weird year in like 2000, and trounce the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And so, what's happened then is the rest of the world has tried to get better at basketball, and it's like it's like the the U.S. going to and it's apples to oranges, but the United States putting NBA players in the Olympics in 1992 has made the world's pool of basketball players better over mm-hmm. the past 25 years. So they've mm-hmm. taken advantage of the excitement of NBA players playing in the Olympics, and they've raised the water level of, of basketball internationally. Yeah. Now, it's apples to oranges because, obviously, there's more good hockey players in other say, countries. Yeah, that's not a problem. But I'm, I'm asking, is there a way, like basketball did, basketball took unique advantage of NBA players playing in the Olympics and it's summer and their season's over, so it's it's totally apples to oranges. Yeah. Is there something the NHL could do to capitalize on its players playing on this huge stage? Let's let's try to answer that. In their yeah, in their defense, it's gonna be tough. Okay. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. We'll get to questions. And I I also have been pontificating on our last hour yesterday when we took a bunch of phone calls on the LeBron James Fox News thing. I have a question about sports and politics I want to post to you guys at some point before the show's over, too. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. All right, bring it in. We all ready? On 1500 ESPN. This is it. Bobby Butler must score to keep this game alive for the U.S. And he does not. The Czech Republic wins. They will advance to the middle round. Our guys were great. We've lost one game in regulation and five games against a pretty good world power. So we, we played great hockey. It just didn't go our way. And just to reset this, Mr. Fixit is on the on the rampage here. World powers. Thanks, Tony Granato. Yeah. World powers in hockey. Sorry, if Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby aren't playing, there are no world powers. They were wearing jerseys of world powers. How about that? Yes. Uh, they went and bought Superman costumes at the Halloween costume store. That, that's what that was. And that's what it is. Not the women, though. That's the best women players in the world. Yeah, that's legit. In an admittedly totally apples to oranges comparison, because the Summer Olympics are outside of the NBA's season. Now, a lot of players will decline the offer to play because they just want a couple months off and they don't want to play year round for multiple years. But basketball in 1992, the NBA said, yeah, let's open it up. NBA players can go play and uh, we're going to go dominate the world. And as a result, Basketball has been on the rise for 25 years because not only do the NBA players and stars of the United States get put on this platform around the world, but the world has tried to catch up with the United States. And now you get all these the influx of international players has helped the NBA over the past 25 years more so than ever. So they've cashed in in a big win. They've made their sport better because of the world stage. Hockey's tougher. The Olympics are in the middle of the season. And the United States is not the best. I mean, if you right. you could make a case it's for Canada or Russia, sport, right? Basically, yes. it's a world sport. Um, 
But is there something that the NHL could do to cash in on the world's interest in hockey for this two or three week stretch every four years? I think if you want the if you want the Olympic hockey games to um, if you want the National Hockey League to agree to a deal that they will consistently be played in, in the Olympics, I think what you do is what we talked about. I think I broached this with you about three weeks ago. Talk about moving it to the summer games because then there's no question. Then if you if you enter into an agreement. With the IOC at that point, and you say, okay, that's fine, but but we're not going to shut down for three weeks going to various countries. What we will do is we'll be happy to go to various countries to play our sport in the summer games. Now, is that going to be taxing for the world's best players? Absolutely. But it takes them out of season then. It gives you, so it, it doesn't upset teams as much. I'm sure teams wouldn't be as wouldn't be thrilled by it, but but I think if you're talking about how can we benefit our sport the most? So so we, we know that when the National Hockey League comes back to play after the Olympic Games, and I think they started going in 98, that they don't get a ratings boost. So it doesn't basically pay off for their game. But if we want to focus on how do we get the best players in the world who play in our league in front of, of the biggest audience possible and make it as fair as possible and so there's no shutdown, I think you have a serious discussion about saying, why don't we move our winter sport to the summer games? So is the only reason why hockey is a winter Olympic sport because it's usually played in the winter and there's ice, right? Like, yeah. Well, so it would just be kind of weird. That and the winter, but they play the Stanley Cup championship in the middle of, of June. Of course they do. And the, and the winter games themselves, if you stripped hockey, if you strip men's hockey out of the winter games, ordinarily, now this year it's not the case, ordinarily it's one of the marquee sports. Mm-hmm. You've got, I mean... Here's the weird thing. The Olympics are taking a, this weird turn where, where figure skating used to be, at least for the Olympics, it used to be huge. I feel like it's still a big deal, but it's it's fallen off as far as marquee talent, especially in this country goes. Uh, but it used to be when you talked about the Winter Olympic Games, I think you talked about hockey, figure skating for sure, skiing for sure. And then there were ancillary sports that people liked. But I think the IOC's issue would be if we're going to take men's hockey out of our of our winter games, it's going to cost us a big sport. But my point is, okay, but if you want the best players to play in the games, the summer would be the time where you could absolutely positively say there'd be no conflict and it would be doable. You know, the one and I get that there's no correlation in terms of higher ratings, but in terms of marketability of individual players and just getting fans to 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 get hooked on certain players sure. or certain brands. And it's fun. You know, Ricky Rubio comes to mind. We didn't hear of Ricky Rubio first in the NBA draft. We knew about Ricky Rubio for several years playing on the Spanish national team mm-hmm. and watching him in international competition, watching like 16 or 17-year-old Ricky Rubio bounce around against those U.S. teams and clank shots, which he still does off the back iron. So, so for a fringe hockey fan... <laughs> You're much more likely, let's go to that like second and third tier of, of NHL stars from outside, born outside the U.S., didn't come through, play college hockey. They're just completely developed and in, in outside the U.S. And they come in and, uh, and, they're, and, you, and you got a guy from Russia playing for, or a guy from Finland playing for the Nashville Predators or something, right? Well, you're much more likely as kind of a casual U.S. hockey fan to find out who that player is if he scores a big goal for a you know for Finland in the bronze medal like game or gold medal game. Yeah, I mean Granlund took off. Right. Like we know who Granlund is, but if you live in if you're a Dallas yeah, Stars ca- fan or casual something. Casual fan like like you, I, I think when he was just playing for the wild knew about him. 
But your reaction in watching him play in the Sochi games was, oh my gosh, this guy's really good. Right. It's like a discovery. So that changed your perception. Yep. Yeah, it's a discovery mechanism for stars and players. Like, sure. oh man, I didn't. Who does that guy play for? Oh, he plays for the Blues. Oh, okay. I'll have to. I'll 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 make note of that next time a Blues I game. I might watch on. a Blues game. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I, I just think because one of hockey's biggest problems for casual fans and even for some diehard fans, because a lot of the stars are from outside of the U.S. They're not household names coming up. You watch college football players. You know who Tim Tebow is. The minute he steps foot in the in the uh, NFL mm-hmm. for hockey, you'll look up look up and down like the the points and or goals scored leaders, or look at the goal like the top goalies and. There's a lot of fans who probably sit there and say, I, I, that guy who has 28 goals, I've, I don't know who that is. And I can't pronounce his name. Yep, 651-646-8255. Tim, you're on the show. Oh, hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Say, Judd, you're obviously, you're a much bigger uh, hockey mind than I am, but I just wanted to toss something out there. Feel free to shoot me down. But what if you were to ha- instead of just concentrating on trying to get the best players, how about just trying to get better players? I mean, no offense to the guys who are there now, but they're – they're, you know, they, they're not even on an NHL team. So how right. about I'm just going to toss this out for argument's sake? For the next Olympics, you uh, you can't take any NHL players, and each NHL team is allowed to protect two of their prospects. Other than that, they can draw from any of their pool of players uh, to go play in the in the Olympics. Just want to toss that out there. I like it. Yeah. I, my point on college players is I think that if if you are going to go to a system where you can't get pro players, go to go to one where or you you can't get top pro players, go to one where where you form a team. Because right now if you watch, you know, the first couple games and this is not their fault, but I mean these are okay hockey players who don't know each other at all. Uh but yeah, if you went to a that's an Interesting notion. If you went to a system where you didn't take anyone off a National Hockey League roster, but you then went into their prospect pool and got some choices, I just I would like anything that gives us uh, what is a what is a how can I put this more entertaining tournament than than what we got because the very little bit I watched looked very ragtag to me. Yeah, and and you know again another if you let's say you just go with the best college players, you know that's just. None of those guys are household names either, for the most part. No, I'm just talking about putting together a team that that you might start watching and say, this is fun. I don't think there were many people who sat down and watched the U.S. hockey games in these Olympics and said, oh, this is really entertaining. This is a team. It's fun. I think you said, well, the National Hockey League players aren't there. And I've heard of that one 41-year-old guy that used to play for the Devils. Uh, but besides that, I'm yeah. I'm watching a guy Bobby Butler, and I have no idea. And in my entire life, I have I have never heard of Bobby. Well, Butler. of all of Mister Fixit's potential suggestions and solutions, I really like the Summer Olympics one. That if you can just get past the fact that yeah, this is a this is an ice sport that probably should be in the Winter Olympics and has been forever, it's now a Summer Olympics game because you'd rather sacrifice that aspect of it and get the best players in the world mm-hmm. and have the NHL on board than not. And that is the most fun. But there's no question. Mm-hmm. I, but I mean, you you have to be sharing arenas now, though. Logistically, you have to. I mean, it's so the the Summer Olympic Games are in Tokyo, Paris, and Los Angeles. So there's probably plenty of arenas in those cities, and I'm sure it's not going to be an issue. But yeah. you'd have to you'd have basketball in arenas. Mm-hmm. You've had you have you know track and field will be outside, uh, but then you'd have to find separate arena space for hockey. So like arena space might be, it might be a question. It might be tough. You'd but plan it'd for be it. worth a try. Yep. Um, all right. I, it would be great to get some thoughts and. Just some opinions from listeners on this. So we dove into the LeBron James versus Fox News thing yesterday. 
And the question was pretty simple yesterday. Should athletes or entertainers or whatever it is that you do, should you be allowed or should you should it be acceptable to speak your mind outside of the realm that you're known for? Here's a question I have. I've kind of had this epiphany watching the the Olympics, and there's been some other examples that have popped up. Are we almost completely incapable now in today's climate of separating our entertainment from our politics? Let's dive into some of that, and the phone lines are open. 651-646-8255 in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They seem to have really unusual names. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Let's let's take another call here real quick on Mr. Fixit. Fixing kind of the, just the mediocre hockey we're seeing here on the men's side of the Olympics. It's, it's that, just certainly doesn't stack up to the, the women's, uh, like Canada and the U.S. That might be kind. Great. Mediocre might be kind of you to say. Yep. Uh, 651-646-8255. Jim, you're on the show. Hi, uh... Is there anything or any rule stating what about the world junior team? They're all college, collegiate players, basically, and take them. They've been playing for a while. Take them over there and play. Jim, I love that. I think that that's a great idea. If you're not going to get the National Hockey League players once every four years, you go and you play the world junior tournament and then keep that team uh, together, especially for, let's say, the U.S. and Canada, and continue those teams to play. That's a great idea. And that's uh, that satisfies what I want, which is my number one goal is, if you're going to do this, have a team that looks like a team. Yeah. The, o- the only time that you want, in, in my opinion, to go with the all-star format is pro players, National Hockey League players. Then I don't care if they show up on a Monday practice on Tuesday and play on Thursday. But if it's going to be a ragtag team, that's really stupid. So yes, the the World Junior idea, which gets together um, in in probably mid December before their games begin around Christmas, and then they play about a two week cycle together every four years. If you're going to do it this way, keep that team together and have them represent the U.S. and Canada, and I think that works out really well. Yeah. All right. Good idea. I have a question for you. At, at the risk of as we transition here, at the risk of maybe lighting a fuse and then starting a brush fire we can't control again, like sort of the end of yesterday's show, although I'm glad we posed the question, the Le- Le- LeBron James and Fox News thing. I have a question for you in just a second. So Vaughn takes the final jump to the finish line, and Lindsey Vaughn crosses the line in second, a half second behind Gosha. I gave him my best shot, you know. I, I tried so hard, and I worked my butt off, um, and I'm so proud to have competed with such amazing girls you know my teammates have really supported me and um, we've helped each other we've all been most of us have been injured pretty severely so um, you know I'm really happy and proud to have been competing with them and to have their support and uh, it's been fun it's been a fun ride and I hope tomorrow I can maybe pull something out of the hat but um, it's sad. This is my last downhill. I wish I could keep going, you know? Um, I have so much fun. I love what I do. Um, my body just can't, well, probably can't take another four years, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm proud. I'm proud to have competed for my country. I'm proud to have given it my all, and um, I'm proud to hopefully come away with a medal. So, Lindsey Vaughn, obviously. I was watching that live last night. And I saw a lot of the reaction coming in, just gauging off social media, which isn't always the best place, but it kind of gets you can kind of do little surveys and stuff. I think ordinarily 
until our crazy climate that we're in right now in this country, politically and everything else. In a vacuum, if you would watch that last night and on a human level, sort of like, you know, put yourself in her shoes, mm-hmm. 90% of America would have said, wow, like that was amazing interview. Like what an emotional, her entire life's work is coming to an end here. And this is. And it felt real. Right. I thought. But because Lindsey Vaughn said what she said mm-hmm. about the president and said what she said about going to rep her country and not the White House or not the president, it felt to me like one third of people watching, and, and my timeline was kind of representative when I was tweeting about uh, the interview being on NBC. It felt like one third of the country watched that and said, she's acting or she, I would never watch her this, mostly because of what she said before the Olympics. Right. So I just. Are we incapable? Are you guys, like, what are your personal opinions? Are Is it impossible completely at this point to separate what someone might believe or say politically or socially from their entertainer, uh, like their, them as an athlete, yeah. them as an entertainer? I, I like what the, the reaction of merging sports and politics, I think, is becoming really predictable in that somebody might be great at what they do or accomplish something incredible and no longer can we just evaluate it or have a great movie. And it, we it's like we can't evaluate it for what it is, which is sports and entertainment. Are we incapable of separating the two now? Has it become impossible? Um, personally, from my end, no. Be- I agree. Because, like, I think I can separate but, for the most part. But I'm also, I'm also a person who, for the most part, do- doesn't want to delve into politics uh, so if I watch somebody that has a political view that goes against uh, something that I think makes sense, if they're talented, that's fine. As a country, I feel like the majority of people are incapable now. Yes, and and I think it's because I think it's partially because of of where things are at right now, and I think it's largely because of things like Twitter and Facebook, where it's become for a lot of people a very big deal to to re- represent themselves as. I disagree with what Vaughn said, and there and therefore I can't like a thing she does. Do, do I think yeah. that's sad? I think that's absolutely sad. Yes, do, but I think we would be naive to sit here and say, "Ah, that's a small group." No, that's not a small group. There are a lot of people now that are going to watch LeBron James play basketball and think that LeBron James, he's the guy that ripped Trump. But here's another so, one. I'll, I'll go. I'll go down this route. So Kurt Schilling for my money, is one of the greatest postseason pitchers of all time. And of his 20, 25-year era, you know, if you take some some on the end and some on the beginning, he's one of the five best pitchers. It's like him, Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, um, those Braves pitchers, John Smoltz, Greg Maddox. I mean, I think he's in that conversation. Mm-hmm. He speaks out politically a couple of years ago, gets a podcast, gets a radio show, Breitbart News, and he starts going crazy on Twitter and 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 shifted completely away from sports into political commentary. No coincidence that his Hall of Fame percentage tumbled from the mid-50s to the mid-40s percentage-wise. And he's back up a little bit this year. But the minute he started speaking out politically, it's like people forgot or started to discredit how great he was as a pitcher. The voters, by the way. Correct. Yes. I mean, not just and Joe a lot, but a lot of Public. fans, too, right? Because we can't separate it. He's a great pitcher over here, but oh, I disagree with what he's saying politically over here, and yeah, I'm going to not he, vote for him yes, anymore. Yes, Lin, like Lindsey Vaughn is one of the greatest American athletes we've seen in in years. When you start to add up her her three Olympic medals, all of the World Cup medals, et cetera, she's one of the most decorated skiers if you include all the other events 
in American history. She's charming. She's beautiful. Uh, she's successful. Then she speaks out politically. And now, like, one-third of the country hates her because we can't separate it. It's become extremely important to people, extremely important, that we're either with them on their side of the fence or against them. And I don't I don't know why. But it seems to me that this this divide is growing bigger by the day, too. That if you're not with me, if you if you are a great athlete, but you don't see the way things I see, that that you're against me, and in fact, I hate you for that. I can't explain why, but that's definitely out there. Here's a funny thing about the Vaughn thing. I used to, as you guys know, work at a political talk station. I was immersed in it. Every day, you know, 24-7, it was all about politics for the job. This morning, I went and pulled the highlight of Lindsey Vaughn crossing the finish line off the NBC Olympics Twitter page. And just scrolled down to the first comments. And the very first comment was, you know, Lindsey Vaughn, she, you know, disrespects the president, disrespects the office. Well, then I don't respect her, blah, blah, blah. And I I read it and I was watching last night and I wasn't paying much attention to social media. I was just watching skiing. That's all I was doing. Yeah. So I read that this morning. I'm like, what, what is this guy talking about? What is it? So I went and searched for it. So you didn't, you didn't even, the comments that she made. Here's the funny thing. I found it and realized, oh, yeah, we played those on this show a month or so ago mm-hmm. whenever they had happened because yeah. it was a TV interview. Played it during stuff or questions, whatever the segment was. <laughs> I put it out of my mind so fast. You know, politics today, in the last probably year since you know the, uh, Trump was elected and then took office, I, I, I just I, I found myself wanting to pay so little attention to what people say, to what people do, to opinions, because yeah. it's all bullcrap. Because where do you draw the line? Like here, the NFL is another great example. All right. The NFL has been the most popular sport in this country for the last quarter century. And ratings were on the climb. Now, there's probably other reasons why ratings have declined as well. But I don't doubt for a second that. Athletes protesting during the national anthem had something to do with fewer people watching the NFL and, and just listen to what people are saying. So, are we to the point where we can't even continue watching the sport that we love the most because of you know, before the game even starts, we disagree with something that's being protested? We can't separate it. Well, and, and I don't want it to get to that point. Like, I then, want to watch movies, so I don't like. I don't want to know. I want to listen to music. I don't then, want to know what Bruce Springsteen or what you know <laughs> Rihanna. Like, not that I listen to Rihanna, but you get my and point. And then, and then, sponsors become so concerned that sponsors go to the National Football League and say, "You got to fix this." Here's my question, and I, I think this goes to the heart of what we're talking about here. Why do we, as a society and as people today, why do we struggle to be comfortable with ourselves? Like, why do you need to believe what that's I really, believe? That's really deep. No, but I'm serious. Like, I'm Judd. I'm sort of a goofball. I like sports a lot. I give opinions that sometimes I firmly stand behind, and sometimes I'm like, eh, I don't know, but that's fun. But I'm saying, why, why do we have, if you... If, well, I think you're. that's a really loaded question, because you're, you're, you're saying that Hey, live and let live. But if I but if I believe that Nazis are acceptable, like that, that's the path you're going down. That where. But I'm saying, but if you have if you have beliefs, why do I need you, Phil Mackey? Don't need to believe what I believe, and I could still be your friend. Now, if you're a complete it, psychopath, it depends on what we believe. Okay, okay. If, if you believe if you believe that Butterfingers if, okay. aren't, aren't good and get stuck in your teeth too if much, if you're a complete get, like nut job, that's 100 that, true. That's <laughs> going to be a difference. But I don't I don't understand. Like if Lindsey Vaughn is incredibly talented to your point at what she does, but she does not believe what you believe or I believe. Why does that mean that we have to dislike her or root against her? You want to be on the winning side, right? 
You want justification that you have the in correct opinion. In politics and religion, I really don't care. Well, I'm not saying you specifically, but I think in general, people want to feel um, like they're on the the side of right. Yeah, but most that, people think what they think, and if you think otherwise, well, you're probably the stupid person because I know I'm right. I think if we accept the fact, and I think this is where a lot of people have problems. I think if we accept the fact that this world is and this life is full of gray, it becomes much simpler. Well, that it, doesn't happen in politics. Winning and losing, it's almost in black, all gray, but we never treat it like. It's but it gray. is all gray. But that's mm-hmm. the point. Just get comfortable with the fact it's gray. Yeah, six five one six four six eight two five five, and this again, like. I have no interest in debating policy with you, or I think the question is, are you capable at all of separating the fact that Kurt Schilling is one of the greatest pitchers of all time, maybe, postseason pitchers of all time, but you can disagree with what he thinks or says politically, or Lindsey Vaughn, or the NFL in protests. I just think it's fascinating. Where do we draw that line? 651-646-8255-877-615-1500, Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Not combination. Yeah, well, so are my parents. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Join 1500 ESPN and the rookie this Sunday. Maybe talk a little politics at the 2018 Lake Home and Cabin Show from noon to two at the Minneapolis Convention Center. Now in its 14th year, the Lake Home and Cabin Show is Minnesota's only show that specializes in second homes and the second home lifestyle. If you own a lake home, cottage, or cabin, or you want to own one, this is a truly unique and focused event you will want to experience. Details at 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Like, I don't want to get to the point where, hey, uh, the new James Bond movie's coming out, and I love James Bond movies, but... Wow, Daniel Craig just said something I completely disagree with politically, and I can't watch that movie now. Like, I want there to be a line somewhere where you can, you, can, you can have political conversations and debate and push agendas and do all those things that your First Amendment right guarantees your ability to do, but at the same time be entertained over here when you want to take a break from it, when you want to watch a basketball game or... Um, when you want to you know, talk about Hall of Fame voting for Kurt Schilling, for instance. I, I heard him rip the prime minister a couple weeks ago. I'm, right? I'm done. Yeah. I'm done on Craig. Yeah, he, uh, I'm a big fan. <laughs> prime minister's not that good. Overrated. He disrespected really. the queen one time, too, a couple yeah, years ago. Yeah, she's also not that great. Yeah, he didn't flush the toilet. Oh, you're down on the queen? Uh, a little bit. Just a little bit. So, uh-huh, I know. 651-646-8255. Are we incapable of, of drawing lines? It's a very difficult time. What's up, Mark? Hey guys, um, I, I thought this was a very interesting conversation yesterday and some of the responses from other people. Um, I, I think it is getting towards that way where we are incapable. Um, I, I thought it was very hypocritical uh, for that Fox reporter to um, address LeBron James in that way, considering that um, Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich make regular um, sentiments about our, our president currently. And... Um, so I, I think there's a lot to do with um, racism in that, and I know that's a, that's a big buzzword for a lot of people, and they say, you know, whatever, everybody uses the word racism now. So I think when you start to use words like that, it can be very divisive. Um, I think it's a lot different, though, when it comes to words um, that are asked by reporters and then, like, actions by other people. Um, for example, like, when I go to Twins games this summer, knowing that these allegations hang over Miguel Sano's head like there's still an outcome to be determined but I'm going to be honest it's kind of hard for me to when Miguel Snow, if he you know depending on how long he gets suspended if he does like if he comes up to bat 
it's going to be a hard time for me to cheer for him personally. So I get where people wrestle with it, yeah. but um, yeah. Yeah, that's a re- Mark with a lot of good insights there. I mean, the Miguel Sano, it's for for non-political reasons, but and it's allegations right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all. But that's difficult. It is. It's a little bit different because it's allegations about something that he did, though. So I can see being more torn with that. I mean, our conversation is is about should you should you actively root against or at least not cheer for someone who said something about politics, religion. Completely, they're right. So that and that's where I feel that we're going down this path of as much as we would like the answer to be, hey, we're all human and we all have our own thoughts and beliefs we also are smart enough to keep an open mind i feel like we're going down the path of at the open-mindedness is absolutely going away not oh, becoming better yeah. and it's it's going going gone at some but point but then what happens is if you so you know let, let's let's even forget about names you love athlete a but based on your belief system either religiously or politically or socially you feel like athlete a who you love in this realm of baseball over here you feel like their beliefs outside of baseball are preventing progress from taking place or preventing whatever it is that you believe from taking over. I see how that is really hard to separate. Um, I don't know. Like, I keep coming back to the Kurt Schilling example because he's so polarizing. Mm-hmm. And I just think that should have no bearing on his Hall of Fame candidacy. Oh, no. But it did. He went from like 55% down to 45%. Well, but there's other pitchers on the ballot. No, I guarantee you there's at least a dozen or two dozen, whatever the numbers are, voters that just didn't like what he had to say and, you also and didn't know, vote for him. And you also know full well there's there's nowhere in the voting process that had said, if you disagree with this person's political views, you therefore shouldn't vote for him. Yeah. Uh, Henry, you're on with Mackie and Judd. Hi, guys. It's always nice to be on with you. Um uh, one quick comment on, on Lindsey Vaughn and then the broader uh, topic. Uh, I didn't have a problem uh, with what uh, Ms. Vaughn said about President Trump, um, simply because I, I'm not even sure it needed to be said, but I don't think that any uh, athletes are skating for the pre- I mean, are competing for the president. I mean, was Team USA in 1980, were they skating on behalf of Jimmy Carter? I don't think anybody thought <laughs> hey, they were. I saw a Jimmy great, Carter bobblehead on the edge of the, uh, on the, edge of the door. That's so, a yeah. great point. Yeah, and so and, and as for the broader issue, though, um, I, I, the one thing where, for, for me personally, I can separate it, but it might be that in my case, uh, I'm inured to it because I feel like um, I've had about 35 years of practice at this since uh, I became a moderately conservative in my political leanings when I was an undergraduate at the uh, University of Minnesota in the mid-'80s, about the time you were born, Phil. And um, I, I feel like you know most people in entertainment who do speak out tend to speak from the uh, the left uh, side of the political spectrum. So uh, I'm used to it. I, I pretty much think it's par for the course, and I almost anticipate it. And so I can kind of dismiss it with respect, but I can dismiss it. I think it's interesting you raised the issue of Kurt Schilling. Maybe the reason that he's had a negative impact is that people are, it's so rare that some guy speaks not only from the right, but really from the far right. And I think that might be really uh, jolting to people because they, they rarely experience that. Yeah, that's a great phone call from Henry. Let's take, we have about a minute left here to get uh, Sean's thoughts. Hey, Sean. Hey, guys, great conversation. But <clears throat> my thought is that 
Lindsey Vaughn has a right to say whatever she wants. The problem is, is that with social media now and things getting so blown out of proportion, we don't understand all the reasons where she's coming from, that it's, it's almost feels like it's forced upon us. Like I'm, I'm listening to my hometown sports show and we're talking about what Lindsey Vaughn said about the president. <clears throat> now I don't care, but yet it's, being forced into my life because I want to listen to a sports show, right? And you guys are reporting the news. And unfortunately, this is the news that's in the sports world. Yeah. Yeah, Sean, right? thank you thank you for listening yeah. and thank you for calling. We're up against the uh, top of the hour here. Um, I mean, and in fairness, we don't do this a lot on our show, but yeah. Lindsey Vaughn just won a medal and she had well, we... an emotional interview on NBC. And it's, I think it's an interesting question. With yeah. no clear-cut answer. It's just personal to everyone. Yes, but it definitely feels like it's going in a in a direction, and it's too bad because it would be nice if we could all sort of just take a deep breath for a second and say, okay, you know what? I believe what I believe, which is absolutely fine, and you should, but that doesn't mean that these three people to my left or right have to believe the same exact thing. Yeah, it's I, I, so, I could do this for an hour. It's not I think it's fixed. interesting, but I understand it's just we, interesting. Um, let's, uh, let's come back and go, let's go to Fort Myers and talk to Derek Wetmore. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday. And as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.